I think for us as marketers, it's really a big shift where we need to make sure that we don't become one of those brands and we make sure that the user feel like there is some sort of upside for them to engage with us. Hey everyone, and thanks for listening to and watching the one-to-one consumer marketing podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Carl Adam Markborn, who's head of CRM at Voy Technology, a micro-mobility startup that provides scooters for last-mile transportation. Carl Adam, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you here. Can you tell our listeners uh, just where you're joining from? Maybe paint a little picture of what it, what it looks like there. Yeah, so I'm joining from Stockholm in Sweden, Northern Europe, where I work at the Voice Technology, which is a micromobility company. We are primarily working with electrical scooters and electric bikes. So currently we have pretty good uh, snow landscape here, so it's not optimal uh, scooter businesses in Sweden at least, but yeah, that's the way it is out here outside my window at least. Yeah, I was just saying uh, before we started that I'm a little jealous we haven't had much snow in Brooklyn and uh, no snowboarding for me to speak of. But, you know, let's focus on what's going on at Voy and in your your current role as head of CRMN. Before we kind of get started and talking about uh, more things related to that, can you give us just a little bit of background on yourself, how you ended up in your current role? Yeah, sure. So I started working in CRM early 2014 when CRM was something like completely different where it is now, I mean, you had basically zero marketing automation. People were basically desktop-based only. Smartphones haven't really break through the noise to get to the users other than just like consume music or media. People didn't really use the apps a lot back then. And you basically ran CRM as an email platform only. But I started working for Ecom back then in 2014, and I basically started from scratch with a big email list and no loyalty programs, no automation, nothing. And uh, learned the foundations of working with the CRM and user communication by building both automated programs, but also like developing loyalty programs and do more like an upselling and cross-selling that is not like the spray and pray weekly blast, but more like targeting users and present both offers that they are interested in, but also which type of frequency they prefer in their in their communication. So for the past few years, I've been working in different CRM roles and I've been working in mainly uh, FinTech and Ecom. So I'm currently at Boy Technologies since two years back. And we have quite a large operation across Europe with the e-scooters and e-bikes. And we have gone on a journey from having like many scattered teams all across Europe to now have centralized into one like main strong HQ functionality that supports the local markets instead of having like autonomous teams located outside in Europe. So my team leads all the user communication to all our users throughout the user journey from their first like account created and to everything that happens through their lifecycle really. Nice. Thank you for that overview that touches on so many things that I would ask and that we'll probably get into later as well. So yeah, it's great to get that initial overview. You know, thinking about just the general state, you mentioned the transition from just kind of email blasts uh, into like a much more orchestrated multi-channel approach that uh, you're 
operating now at Voy. Can you talk a little bit about how you see the current state of consumer marketing today and maybe how that's changed? So I think that many professionals within the industry would say that it's a big challenge today going out and reaching through the noise that is. There's a lot of people feeling that you get less and less attention span from the user. And it's just hard to feel that you're relevant and people want to consume either your uh, content or your offers or just uh, give your app some time, for instance. But I think we have a transition through a period where if you are a e-com, for instance, that do your large blasts, you will, of course, drive both engagement and revenue, but in a declining scale. So you onboard users, you get them to purchase their first product. They become a part of your weekly or monthly blast routine. And you get one to two interactions with them where they are actually interested because they had a positive experience at first. But then that the interest declines further and further. And if you're only like a traditional desktop or like web-based only, and you don't have an app, you're going to see less and less interactions. And I think like as yourself, like a normal consumer, if you just go into your email inbox and you check the campaign tab, you're going to have quite a few of those there standing out that you have absolutely no intent to interact with. So. I think for us as marketers, it's really a big shift where we need to make sure that we don't become one of those brands and we make sure that the user feel like there is some sort of upside for them to engage with us. Yeah, I think you summarized that so well, right? The, uh, I mean, personally, I can tell you that I don't even look in the promotions tab of my email inbox anymore because I have thousands of emails there that are unread. I practice inbox zero, but in my promotions tab, that's just no longer possible. So I ignore it uh, for the sake of my sanity. And you touched on also this concept of, which I'll paraphrase into kind of diminishing returns to email, right? Because of the fact that it is this one-way blast that isn't ultimately adding value for users, right? Which is a big problem if you're trying to do the things that most CRM marketers are, that most marketers are, which is get through the noise, uh, get through the all of the noise that exists in today's environment and in, in digital channels in particular. Can you, this probably touches a little bit on how you summarize the state of consumer marketing. Can you tell us a little bit how you think about customer retention and lifecycle marketing uh, given all of these changes? So, I mean, many companies have a larger reach if they would engage more of their channels, really. I mean, email is... In some people's eyes, they say that email is dead. It's not dead, not at all. It's just that it can't be abused the way it has been historically. So leveraging email, but in combination with if you have an app or if you have a possibility to target users outside the just email only channel, that is, I think, something that is very relevant currently in the industry making sure that you don't blast people on and on and on, but make sure that you you have a sunset policy. You get them to be opted out by themselves if they don't want to engage anymore and say, okay, I have a user who is interested in my content, but they just don't want to engage through email. But which other channels can I use to communicate with them on their terms where they feel that they can still engage, they can still purchase, they can still consume content, or use your service. And 
in my daily work currently, I think that we have an app as our main tool to communicate to our users. That's also where we see the best interaction. People don't go to our app to consume content as if there would be content grids. They want to get from A to B, really. And for us as a CRM team, it is really relevant for us to be communicating to the users when they are about to use our service. If they are morning commuters, it might be relevant for us to communicate to them the evening or afternoon before they're going to take their morning commute or earlier in the morning when they're uh, having their cup of coffee before going to one of our vehicles. So email can definitely be used in those circumstances or the app, of course, but just having the big campaign blast that were like the status quo for many years, I think is uh, counterproductive in many ways. You get people to become disengaged with your brand. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's about providing that value. I mean, you mentioned commuters as well. So I'm assuming you have these kind of segments or cohorts within your CRM that you've identified as different transport types, and then you're engaging them kind of accordingly. How can you walk us through a little bit what that looks like for Voy, um, the ways that you do that? And you gave the commuter example, but then, for example, what would be the message that you would send them or how do you add value to bring them back into Voy? So, I mean, everybody uses transportation as a part of their everyday life. And at Voy, we see that we want to make cities made for living, removing pollution and removing like cars that clutter the streets in the city. And in general, people tend to use our ways of communication to replace car trips and taking like the last mile of transportation instead of grabbing a cab from the central station. You can take a scooter if you are like low on time. But for us as CRM team, it has been crucial to identify is this a person who is regularly riding a lot during the afternoons and would that imply on their behavior that is probably a afternoon commuter on their way back from work. And at the same time, we find that we can segment users and approach them with different type of offers really that are suitable for their needs. If they are a morning commuter, we know that they do take the rides in the morning and we can target them even on an early morning with a maybe like a multiple discount offer where it would be instead of taking just one ride, you want to take three shorter rides. And at the same time, we have a big group who are just weekly riders where it's quite clear that they are only interested in riding during the weekend when they go to like exploring their city or going to with some friends and they go out and they ride a lot during Saturday and Sunday only. Okay, so it sounds like yeah, you use a lot of those kind of triggers in terms of the frequency of their riding and the time of day of their riding as a way to segment them. And then you're building value based on that. I mean, that makes perfect sense in the mobility sector as well. It's like a very kind of clear use case. Maybe taking a step back, you mentioned that you used to have local markets that you've become kind of like a global or kind of headquarter team and CRM is serving multiple local markets now. Can you talk about how CRM fits into your company and kind of your marketing team strategy more broadly and maybe how that's shifted with this this change? So I think the industry in general for micromobility is uh, that we have a very unique product that stands out in the street and people tend to see us when they are walking around in their city or in a city where they come to. And our strongest acquisition tool is our vehicles, actually. 
people see them, they know that this can get me from A to B. And it's very easy for them to onboard and start using the service. There's, of course, regional differences between like, do you have to have your driver's license uploaded or there's could be age limits for certain uh, regions as well. But in general, CRM is a very, very strong contributor to our business due to the fact that there's so many unique things in every city. We're operating in so many cities around the European continent where there are a lot of rules that we need to be able to communicate to the users clearly and they need to consume that content and make sure that they park accordingly for not just us as a company to function, but also for the city that we operate in to be happy with our service. So it's really, really important for us early on in the onboarding to segment the users based on exactly where they are and tailor that content to those specific city, city and traffic rules, really. That is one of our main objectives early on in the user lifecycle. Okay, so it sounds almost like it's not just a business critical function in terms of getting more revenue from customers, but actually in terms of protecting the company from regulation, from potential backlash in terms of the way that people even use your service. Would that be fair? I would think that would be quite fair to say. Uh, I think we're very considerate uh, to our like partners, really, the cities where we operate in. But also CRM is a very important tool that brings in a lot of extra revenue. We make sure that we bring users faster through the onboarding journey. And we try to identify users who have both troubles getting through the onboarding or getting through the first like few rides that, that might be a bit challenging where you don't know how to ride, how to park, uh, like how to use the vehicle itself. So we're trying to be very educative and seeing that we help users getting through the, the first parts of their time with us really and getting to like the magic aha moment when they feel like, okay, I get the hang of this really. And after that, it's a lot about being on having like an always on presence with them in the app, using the app as the main channel and communicating both relevant offers, but also things that could be related to traffic. There could be transportation strikes. There, there, there's a whole range of things and not only the regular things. It could be also from a legal perspective that we have changed the uh, uh, rules that you need to opt in for uh, increased uh, usage of helmets in a region, for instance. So there's kind of big use for CRM in our business, spanning through the entire user journey, not only like pure growth related or across and upselling as it would be in more traditional e-commerce, for instance. Yeah, and I think as you mentioned too, that use case, you know, the acquisition that the majority of people will just see you in the streets, see a scooter in the streets and go up to it. I think that's such a powerful acquisition channel, but then CRM becomes an even more important part of that. If I can think of, you know, Spectrum is headquartered in Berlin. In Berlin, there's tons of micromobility scooter startups. And if I think through like when I go there for work and I use a scooter uh, quickly, if someone actually provided that, you know, if there was that type of experience too, where I really got a lot of help and then there was like something specific to my journey, educating me, telling me about things in that area, I, I would choose you over a competitor. So I think that that's also the role that CRM can really play there. It sounds like it's a, a very key function in your business, even more so than in some other verticals where acquisition might play an even larger role in terms of generating revenue. In terms of kind of how you're engaging people, you mentioned email, you mentioned app. Are there any other channels that you're using as a CRM team and kind of which ones are you seeing work best outside of the app? So we have done some uh, experiments with 
social channels. And we have found that to work okay to bring out the message that we want to bring out. But we have tried to reverse it really and try to bring social into the app rather than bringing the app out to the social. So what we've done is that we have a really good social media team. Since we have a very, we're very like local presence business where we are like on the ground in your city. So for instance, we have done lots of like city guides and where do you find the best uh, cinema buns, for instance. And those are all based on social mainly, but we've lifted those into the app and used our CRM system to make it feel like you're browsing in that page by using the content from the social instead. So I think like getting the, the social feeling, but keeping it in the app and not like moving you outside of the app, but engaging users in the app with things that they might feel relevant that is not necessarily a discount or an offer or some great transactional email about the regulation, but just like getting them there and like giving you the 10 best places to visit this week in Berlin, for instance. That's been a really nice function. Nice. I love that. It reminds me of the OG, the Michelin star restaurants and Michelin using that as ways to get people to drive more. You know, it's exactly that kind of thing. I can see that working very well in that vertical. Another part that you mentioned was obviously, you know, app drives a lot of engagement. You know, you have a lot of competition. What happens? Do you have any ways of, do you have any kind of win back campaigns, anything that you do to get customers back that either have uninstalled the app or where you see a, like a lack of engagement? They're not a regular user. Yeah. So we have a whole a bunch of automations built really on getting the user to like not really forget that we exist or making sure that if they haven't taken a ride that they could come back and like get the discount and we're constantly a b testing everything and moving things around in like the timelines so what is the best timing for you as a, a medium frequency user in a city in uh, United Kingdom, for instance, compared to a, a person in a city in Norway and seeing like, where's the sweet spot for getting you back to exploring your city with one of our scooters? Is it 21 days? Is it 30 days? So there's just a lot of testing going on constantly on that, testing both the, the offers, but also testing the, the timing. And then we, of course, if we have marketing permission, we can still try to get users to come back even if they have uninstalled our app, which can be quite successful. It's not necessarily that they wanted to uninstall. It could be they can have changed devices or it could be for like iOS have uninstalled the app due to inactivity. So there's a whole bunch of reasons for them becoming inactive, but it might not be that they just decided to stop. And then you, like we talked about the, the whole bus out there. I mean. If you get five seconds of time with your uh, customer, you should be really, really happy for that time. So just really trying to be on top of their mind whenever they decide to use the micromobility as transport again. Yeah, and that is like inherently a very, you know, you mentioned location, time, uh, particular use case for that customer. There's all of these different variables that play into what you're doing to personalize that scale, to make it relevant, to bring them back into the app. So that's inherently very complex. Can you talk through a little bit like the stack that you're using in terms of technology to orchestrate journeys at that scale? Yeah, so we're mainly using our marketing automation and CRM tool, Brace, that we use for all our in-app and email communication, which is working really, really good for us. And we are using Snowflake as our uh, data warehouse. 
And we have a uh, direct integration between Snowflake and uh, Brace, which makes it possible for us to leverage more advanced type of data than just exporting events and attributes, but more like building models and making it possible for our data science team to be able to tailor the best user journeys and the user experience, not just only driving towards revenue, but also like how they perceive our service and interact with our scooters if there's been some mechanical error, for instance, and it just really makes it possible to stitch things together all across the, the business by having the data warehouse directly integrated to, to Brace. And I would say that that is our, our stack really. And then for analysis, we use Tableau and we get all our reports in Tableau with support from our data analytics team. So we don't currently have a CDP or any specific analytics tool tailored for marketers, but uh, given the support we get in the organization, I think that uh, we're on a quite good place, actually. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for the overview. And so you mentioned predictive modeling, you mentioned, you know, revenue, also perception of your brand a little bit. What are kind of the core KPIs for your team? And then how are you looking at the data either in Snowflake or the kind of engagement activity through Braze? Can you walk us through a little bit how you're measuring performance and, and then the levers that you have to pull to improve it? So, I mean, our KPIs differ depending on what we want to do, really. I mean, if we are talking about pure growth campaigns, the KPI would be uh, an uplift in rides compared to our control group. We're always very, very centered around control groups and making sure that we use both global control groups, but also campaign-specific control groups to make sure that we are actually getting a really proper impact and that's measurable with significance. What typically would be uplift in, in rides, but also it could be things that are really good for our relationship with our city stakeholders that we see uh, wrongly parked scooters or damaged scooters that are getting reported, for instance, that people want to help out and want to be like a good community member and uh, helping us out with understanding that, okay, this scooter has either some issues with the brake or the taillight is broken, for instance, and trying to stitch that experience together so the user feel that they are actually like they're having a dialogue with us, not just a monologue. We're talking back and forth uh, to each other, supporting each other. Yeah, I love that. The kind of two-way engagement, measuring the how active the community is in terms of also helping you manage the relationship with the other side of your market, which is the city, uh, and then also being measured on uplift and rides, which I obviously has a direct impact on your revenue. So very, very important there. I mean, I think we've talked a lot about what you're actively doing in terms of your work at Voy. Maybe looking forward a little bit, you know, what do you see as the most exciting consumer marketing or CRM marketing trend at the moment or technology that you're excited about? I think we're seeing a big shift in general in uh, marketing where both major tech companies are making it difficult for people working within traditional performance marketing to get traceability and measuring their ROI, making that this like driving more and more towards uh, marketing towards users that you can actually have a one-to-one relationship with instead of having anonymous users in third-party apps or third-party environments that you can't measure on. So I think that shift is really interesting where I think that marketing automation is going to be even more important for both service providers, but also like traditional e-coms as well. The second thing I think is really interesting currently, that is the use of 
AI and predictions, really. Like, how can you make that one-to-one relationship with the customer feel not as a like uh, binary chatbot, but more like, okay, I do this, then they do this back. So it becomes more like of a mutual relationship where you consume services or goods from a provider and they make sure to tailor that experience so it feels authentic and they know that, okay, you normally ride your scooters on Saturdays. So we're going to talk to you on Friday afternoon or Saturday morning to like prepare you for what's coming up. And we think that you are using our service to this best extent. So we should be able to recommend you this type of products. But that would be the, the those are the base, base use cases currently. And you, they can be done without predictions as well. But having that done on a large, globally automated scale instead, where you can orchestrate campaigns for tens of different markets in multiple regions, all on different languages, but you provide the user with the best offer with the exact price or the perfect discount that they are requesting for them to like get back on track with consuming your service again. So uh, declining performance and uh, increasing predictions, that would be my future outlook. Yeah, that's a great summary. Decline in performance and uh, future predictions. I think if you, you know, the company that builds the perfectly predictive engagement tool that sits on kind of all of the data that, that customers have will be a very, very rich company, I think, going forward. You know, looking at your your comment about kind of iOS 14 or drops, you know, in traceability across different platforms, has that posed real challenges for you at, at Voy uh, for the CRM team as well? I mean, of course, we're getting impacted uh, by like machine openings and like uh, email statistics. But in general, I think as as a CRM team, we're seeing a lot less impact than if we would be on the performance side. So I think we still have a lot of good KPIs to follow and track uh, among our users and seeing their use like activity and engagement with us. Uh, just seeing like fundamental things like sessions or like the app opens or navigation events and actually purchases uh, and the rights really. I think we're still in a very good place. And I think that as long as you respect the user and make sure that you don't abuse the data that they allow you to be shared, I think that uh, CRM is a like line of work or a toolbox for you as a e-commerce or any company really that you can leverage and make huge impact on your user base without really having a big budget for the large external networks. Mm, yeah, and and more protected, as you said, from a lot of the the privacy concerns as far as just the the tracking across platforms and the amount of signals that you can collect on engagement. You know, you've been in CRM for a while. You can see clearly kind of what are the big trends coming down the pipeline for you? What are kind of your top three pieces of advice you would give other consumer marketers or a few things that you wish you knew at the start of your career that you now know? I think that dare is a big advice, like dare, making sure that you dare to experiment and take the chance of if you have tooling that allows you to experiment a lot, just experiment, find a small isolated segment. Make sure that you have a proper control group set up, run a one-off ad hoc campaign, see what happens, evaluate. And if you, you like the outcome and uh, make it a, a larger test and then just put it live in automation really. And 
then you can make sure that it repeats itself and you have, you have done and you have found something really good and you can leverage it across multiple continents and just like doing work once or twice really and just dare to move away from manually like executing things week after week after week. So testing really. My other advice on that would be get really serious about statistics and testing and the fundamentals of statistical analysis and making sure that you are always getting significant results and not things that are just implications. Isolate the groups that you're communicating with, making sure that they then don't get cross-communicated from other systems or other campaigns and see that the control group you have set up, that there's a big significance in the uplift of what you're trying to achieve really. And then like research, research is, I think the best key learning here, like look at all the suppliers that are out there for this marketing automation and CRM systems, not only those, but like yeah, CDPs, the systems that are providing app tracking data, for instance, they have great resources and logs, but also like if you have a supplier for a marketing automation tool already, go through their documentation and read their update emails and their update posts, seeing that you are at forefront at all time and you get to leverage your new functionality and be a really at, at the forefront technically, because if you don't do that, somebody else will. Yeah, all great pieces of advice. You know, I think uh, dare dare to, to start, to implement things, to, to change things. Really understanding statistics, I think, is, is so key because we all, you know, correlation does not imply causation and really understanding your control groups and incremental lift is so key to actually improving iteratively and improving that customer journey and therefore your performance, you know, and your last one as well. I think all great pieces of advice in terms of five years from now, what does the future of consumer marketing look like? You know, no one likes to make predictions, but I always force it on everyone at the end of the podcast to see, you know, what you're thinking is coming down the line. I think we've seen a lot of shift in uh, how people communicate in social media the past few years. There's less and less organic creation in the old platforms, and there's much more activity in like these newer platforms. And I think that that is an early sign towards what is it for us working like with an app or a service online or just like a traditional website, for instance, that's a clear indication of like how do people want to consume our content or how do they want to be targeted? Because if you have 200 apps in your phone and everybody is sending you push notifications all of the time, you will create what like you had 15 years back, like banner blindness, where people just, you just don't see the banners anymore because they were all like in one certain place because everything looked the same. So I think like finding the user to start to engage with you in the platform that they want to engage with you on, and that might not necessarily be that they will sit and read your organic posts on Facebook, but it could be that you, you start a social account for your business that works similar to what you would do with a one-on-one, but you don't have to be that app that sends all of these notifications and competing, but you can be on any social app really and have the user as an engaged consumer there and talk directly to them and getting them to understand. And I think like there are a few companies that are already doing this quite well. I think, for instance, uh, Spotify is a good example of where they find user engagement and start to build content that 
drives from social media to get them to consume even more content in the app, even if that wasn't what you wanted to do. So you don't really need to have like push notifications on from Spotify. You would still like get their message through in other channels. Yeah, that's a, a great example, which of course, being in Sweden, you would use Spotify. But, you know, the idea of them facilitating a lot of user-generated content through like, you know, the wrapped 2023 lists and all sorts of things, I think that's a great example. And also being, you know, you mentioned your last point about always doing research on the tools you use, really understanding what's coming down the pipeline, also always doing research on the platforms your customers are using, right, and how they're choosing to engage. And it's likely that they're going to want to engage much more seamlessly on the platforms where they already spend their time versus, you know, looking at a totally overwhelming amount of notifications. And I think also with what's happening on the phone, you know, the device level in terms of muting notifications, in terms of helping people maintain a sense of focus and less distraction, there's just so much going on that's making it harder to reach people on those traditional channels. So that's a great shout out. There's going to be a lot of interesting innovation uh, in the space. Since we're in messaging, that's also exactly the reasons where we are doing that as well uh, in terms of being on the channels where people are engaging much more with brands. And Carl Adam, thank you so much for your time today. You know, if people want to follow more about what you do and your journey at Voy, uh, where should they go? I think uh, just find me on LinkedIn and you search for my name. I think I'm going to pop up there. Great. Yeah, well, you heard him. Go check out Carl Adam Mark Warren from Voy on LinkedIn. Uh, give him a follow, send him a DM if you listen to the episode. And thanks also for listening and watching to the One to One Consumer Marketing Podcast. If you want to learn more about what we do at Spectrum in the messaging space, go to spectrum.io or check us out on LinkedIn. And uh, thanks for your time today. Thank you very much for having me.